So we ended our sitting this morning with uh, a reflection on gratitude. The reflection on gratitude includes recognizing our blessings, uh, which leads to the feeling of gratitude, the emotion of gratitude, which is a, a noble emotion, and that leads to this quality in the heart of appreciation or appreciative joy or joy in the heart. We cultivate gratitude by reflecting on uh, on. Uh, our own goodness and the goodness around us in the world. So our own goodness as it's expressed in our, our merit, our generosity, our virtue, our effort to train the mind. Uh, and then the goodness around us uh, we see in uh, the beings around us who, uh, who we're grateful for, the beings in our lives uh, that have supported our efforts to make the most of this life. We reflect on the blessing of the Dharma, which I like to think of as a way of offering, uh, developing skills so that we can uh, make the most of this human life. And then we reflect on the blessing of life itself as a way of cultivating gratitude and, uh, and the heart quality of uh, appreciative joy. The reflection on gratitude and the cultivation of joy is uh, a really important way that we learn to reflect, uh, an important way that we learn to think. We learn to think. So it's, uh, it's part of our mental training. Uh, our mental training is just that. It's mental training. We're learning to train the mind. And an important part, uh, you know, it all starts, the Buddha said, with our thinking. Uh, so we're learning to train uh, ourselves to think in a certain way. Uh, one of the most important ways that we can learn to think is by remembering our blessings and cultivating gratitude. And uh, uh, one of the most important ways that we can reflect on our blessings and cultivate gratitude is by reflecting on the blessing of the gift that our parents gave us. Again, this being Mother's Day, uh, we took this time today to reflect on uh, the gift that we receive from our own mothers, uh, the gift of life, uh, the gift of care. Uh, for many of us, and I know for me, this was always a challenge, you know? This was always a challenge, and for many years I didn't choose to reflect in this way. Uh, I may have uh, been more apt to do that if I really understood the skill and, and, and uh, was able to put the skill to good use. Uh, but being, be that as it may, uh, you know, as I've talked about so many times over the years, uh, I've learned to reflect skillfully in this way. And, and I've come to see how important it is in terms of the way that I think uh, and how important it is to the training of the mind and the opening of the heart. The Buddha said it's critical to the opening of the heart. So one of the things I always like to think, uh, or the term I always like to use is, you know, if I had, and I came to learn this, and we come to understand this, and we come to uh, be able to uh, practice in this way, if we develop meditation, if we put the time in, in the cushion and develop some concentration, we create some space so that if there is or are uncomfortable feelings, 
of aversion or other kinds of feelings that we may feel towards our parents, uh, we can create enough space so those feelings can be there. We can relate to them skillfully. So we can have some space. We can see those feelings that are there. If they're feelings of aversion or animosity or whatever, we can have some space and, uh, and not be reactive in terms of those feelings uh, to come to understand them. This is our practice. We don't hide from them. We create some, we create some space so that we can look at them and then out of, you know, and bring wisdom to those feelings and, and, then, and then relate to them with wisdom and compassion. So, you know, and starting with compassion for ourselves, if, if there's suffering around these relationships. Uh, and then part of being able to create space is that, you know, there can be emotions that are there, we can have compassion, and there can also be room for joy and for recognizing our blessings and for, and for connecting to those feelings of, of joy that are in the heart. So, uh, so we, we, we learn to think in a skill, a different way, right? So for years, you know, when I, when I, when I, when I thought about my mother, it was negative thoughts, you know, it was, she did this and she did that and she didn't do this and she didn't do that and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, over the years, uh, of course, I learned to be able to see those thoughts, to question whether or not that they were useful for me, I learned to be able to look at the emotions that were arising there, that was, giving fuel to, that was giving fuel to those thoughts, have a little bit of space from those emotions, and instead of engendering those thoughts, not denying the feelings, but having a skillful relationship to them, instead of engendering those thoughts, beginning to have some feelings of compassion for myself, and then, with enough space, being able to have thoughts of gratitude, which have been just transformative. So that's been like, a in a little nutshell, uh, how the Dharma has worked for me and, and works for us in terms of the way that we learn to change the way that we think. You know, and of course, there's a lot of karma around the way that we think about our parents. Uh, and, uh, you know, everybody's story is different, obviously. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's really up to us to, uh, in terms of the way that we think about our parents, our mother, uh, all the other things in life. Uh, this is mental training. You know, we're learning to train the mind. This is why we're here. This is why we're here. This is why we practice the Dharma. Uh, we learn to think in a different way. So, you know, the reflection on gratitude uh, and the cultivation of joy through the reflection on gratitude is one form of skillful thinking. You know, so you, we have to learn how to think skillfully. You know, this isn't the kind of thing that, you know, uh, I learned in school. You know, uh, I mean, I learned a lot of wonderful things in school, and I learned a lot of good values in school, but they didn't really teach you how to think. Uh, to be honest, they don't really teach that much in the meditation world. You know, it's like. You know, close your eyes and don't think too much, you know, uh, which kind of works okay if you're on a retreat, but when you're out there in the world, you know, you've got to think, you've got to use the mind. The mind is going to think. The mind Thinking is the default state of the mind. Thinking, the Buddha said, uh, can cause you incredible suffering in this life, or it can bring you to the greatest happiness that there is. All that we are depends on our thoughts, you know, so it's what you do with your thinking. It's not that you're trying to eliminate thinking, you're trying to 
think in a skillful way. So the reflection on gratitude and joy uh, is a form of skillful thinking, or what we sometimes call when we're in our, uh, you know, our highfalutin Buddhist mode, skillful fabrication, or the technical term is internal verbal fabrication. You know, you're thinking, it's internal, it's verbal, it's words in the mind or images in the mind. So our practice is to abandon unskillful thinking, which means abandoning a lot of thinking because most of our thinking is unskillful and we think a lot, uh, abandon unskillful thinking and cultivate skillful thinking. Easier said than done, uh, but it's something that we can do and easier than we think. I would say easier said than done, but easier than we may think. Uh, if we you know, learn the skill and follow the skill uh, that the Buddha teaches, I mean, the Buddha teaches skills. So it's not something, you know, you have to learn the skill. You have to learn the skill and put it to good use. Uh, uh, but it's a skill that we can learn. You know, he teaches skills for uh, fabricating, for thinking in skillful ways. So uh, really where we learn to think in a skillful way, or we begin to learn to think in a skillful way, in large part, is in the meditation, right? Is in meditation, we learn to use skillful fabrication. So we learn to think about the breath. We learn to use fabrication to evaluate the breath. We learn to use fabrication to set intention, right? To brighten the mind. All those things that I kind of talked about during the meditation today is just really kind of modeling the way that we learn to think or the way that we want to think in our meditation. So meditation is really a process of skillful fabrication in the support of developing states of concentration. But you just don't develop states of concentration. I mean, you go to a retreat for uh, nine days, you know, you cut out all your different sense pleasures, you'll, you'll get some concentration. But that's not going to really carry much water once you get out there into the world and into real life. Uh, you need to use fabrication in meditation in a skillful way in order to develop concentration. Uh, and, you know, so the fabrication, the way that we think in the meditation helps us develop concentration, but we're also training ourselves to think in a skillful way. We're also training ourselves in a way to think in a skillful way. So it's the old killing two birds with one stone phenomena, you know. So uh, I, it's really good and important uh, to think of every meditation as a guided meditation in which you're guiding your meditation. You're guiding your meditation because you're learning in guiding your own meditation to think in a skillful way. You know? And you're, you're training the mind to think in a skillful way. You're developing these habits and patterns and ways of thinking in the meditation by guiding yourself in the meditation. You know, so if you were, if you were, you know, familiar with neuroscience, you're creating new neural pathways in the mind through internal fabrication. You do that. This is why we strongly encourage you. If you're really serious about meditation, it's fine for people who are, who aren't as serious. But if you're really serious about meditation, don't use guided meditations. You know, because you're not training the mind. You're listening to somebody else. You know, but you're not cutting new neural pathways in the mind. You're not 
learning to think in a skillful way. You're relying on somebody else who ostensibly has learned to think in a skillful way and is kind of showing off, you know. Uh, so, uh, you know, you need to learn to think in a skillful way in meditation. Uh, to really be an effective in meditation, uh, but uh, to really to learn to think in a skillful way. So uh, every meditation is a guided meditation in which you're guiding yourself. And then you can take that to the next level is think of life as a guided meditation. You know, think of your day as a guided meditation. Right. Think of your day as a guided meditation. You're guiding your way through life. And the only way that you can do that is by using internal verbal fabrication, by using your thinking. And you want to find happiness in this life, you need to learn to guide your way through your days using fabrication. And gradually, the more and more fabrication you use, that's leading you to being able to come to the heart and, and have the ability to have what we call internal assurance and live spontaneously from the heart. But until you get to that point, you know, you still need to use fabrication to guide yourself to the heart so that you can live from the heart. I mean, you're using fabrication to get yourself to the heart so that you can live your life wholeheartedly with metta and compassion and joy and wisdom. You know, that's just not going to happen. You know, you need to use fabrication to get to the heart, to get to the place of wisdom, to guide yourself through the day. So think of life as a guided meditation. Think of your days as a guided meditation. Pay attention to the way that you think as you go throughout the course of your day. So, you know, I would pay attention, you know, in this little, little microcosm of thinking, how am I thinking about my mother? Am I thinking thoughts of aversion of, towards her and animosity and she did this and she did that and ba 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 ba? Or are they thoughts of uh, compassion and wisdom and joy? It's that simple. You do that, you change your life, you know? I mean, you know, again, you can go through your life and, and allow yourself to think in the ways that you habitually think, you know, and that you're just letting your mind run your life, basically. Or you can train your mind to think in a certain way and shape your life and move towards a greater happiness in life. I mean, you can have a, a meditation in which you learn to develop strong concentration, uh, but that only happens if you guide yourself through the meditation. And you can have a life in which you learn to have ease and well-being and love and happiness uh, and, and, and joy, but you have to learn to guide yourself through life. So... Uh, you know, so this is our practice. Uh, a few simple suggestions for doing that, that you know, we talk about a lot, uh, uh, that are so important. Uh, you know, and, and, and I think one of the most important ones is you know, the Buddha's basic guideline in terms of skillful fabrication uh, is you know, it's really, you have to fabricate, right? You have to fabricate as you go throughout your day. You have to fabricate in your meditation. You have to think. You have to learn to apply skillful thinking. Just don't do too much of it, right? Keep it simple. So he said, you know, you must fabricate. You must think your way through life and through meditation. But if you use too much thinking, the mind gets tired and you veer off 
into unskillful ways of thinking. So don't use too much fabrication. Uh, just use how much you need in order to be able to take skillful action, to live skillfully, and then otherwise stay with the breath. The breath is your resting point. So, so you know, that's, you know, sort of a really good and very important rule of thumb, not to overthink, not to overfabricate. Otherwise, fabrication that's skillful is fabrication that's in support of ending suffering. It's in support of true happiness. So really what it asks, what we, what we ask as you go through your day is you, that you pay really close attention to your thinking, you know, that you're heedful of your thinking, you know. Uh, you know, and, and, you know, in this particular talk, what I was been, I was kind of thinking about most is for this particular talk is, you know, we watch our thinking, you know, I'm thinking about my mother, I'm thinking about this job interview, I'm thinking about the pandemic. Uh, but, you know, and, and those are thoughts that you have to really watch for, you know, and, you know, if they're informed by unskillful mental qualities, but just the general quality of your thinking as you go throughout the course of your day. Because like it or not, I mean, you're guiding yourself through the course of your day using thinking. How are you doing that? You know, what's the quality of your fabrication as you go throughout the course of your day? Is it skillful? Or are you thinking about your day in an agitated way? You know, I mean, you could even do that as you're about to get on the call, you know, at 10 a.m., you know, this morning, you know, it's like, oh, I got to get on the call. I'm always late. Oh, what if I, you know, this, that, or the other thing? It could be agitated. You know, is the computer going to work? Da, 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 da. You know, or, you know, okay, I'm going to do this. This is a blessing that I have this, this class to go to this morning. I'm going to... I'm going, to, I'm going to be in this class with, with loving kindness or compassion. Just very simple, uh, watching the way that you're fabricating and navigating your way throughout the day in terms of the kinds of thinking that you and, and the quality of your thinking. Is your thinking agitated? Is your thinking... I just put down a few that I notice in terms of the way that I fabricate during the day as I guide myself through my day. You know, is my thinking agitated? Is it anxious? Is it fearful? Is it aversive, angry? Is it informed by desire? Is it judgmental of others? Is it self-critical? So be heedful about how you're guiding yourself through, through the day and then fabricate skillfully. So you have to cut new neural pathways in the mind. You have to replace the unskillful with the skillful. So we have to learn to engender fabrication in tune with what's skillful. You know, and the basic template for that is what? The, the sublime attitudes. So engender thoughts of loving kindness, intention informed by loving kindness, thoughts of compassion, intention informed by compassion, you know, thoughts of appreciative joy and gratitude, thoughts of equanimity and wisdom as you go through the course of your day. You know, there's basic, simple templates that the Buddha offers for skillful reflection, for skillful intention, for skillful fabrication as we go throughout the course of your day. Now, one of the things that I find really interesting in terms of watching, uh, watching the thinking and watching the guiding as I go throughout the course of my day is really pay attention to the inner voice, right? I mean, ultimately, what we're talking about here is your inner voice, right? This is internal verbal fabrication. It's an inner voice. 
So really pay attention to your inner voice. You know, what's the tone? I mean, this is really an interesting part of being heedful of the way that you're fabricating and guiding yourself through the course of your day. What's the tone of your inner voice? Pay attention to that. So that's today's homework assignment. Pay attention to the tone of your inner voice. Is it a loving inner voice as you guide yourself through the course of your day? Can you make it loving? Is it compassionate? Is it encouraging? Is it an encouraging inner voice? I was thinking about this uh, uh, idea of the inner voice being encouraging. Uh, I was thinking about uh, years ago, uh, uh, I was talking to Tanis Arabiku, uh, the abbot of Wat Metta, and uh, I was about to teach a retreat. It might have been my first long retreat that I was teaching. And I said, you know, Tan Jeff, do you have any suggestions for teaching this retreat? I figured he'd come up with some you know, technical Buddhist thing. And he said, yeah, teach the yogis to give themselves pep talks. Yeah. Yeah. Do you give yourself pep talks during the day? Do you give yourself pep talks during the day? Loving, compassionate pep talks as you go throughout the course of your day. What's the quality of your inner voice? One thing I really look for in the inner voice is a quality of sincerity. What what, to me, I, I term sincerity, an inner voice that's sincere. Yeah. Uh, I actually looked up uh, sincere in the dictionary, the quality or state of being sincere, honesty of mind or intention, freedom from simulation, hypocrisy, disguise, or false pretense. So it's that quality of truthfulness, of integrity, of inner warmth, warmth. Uh, so is the inner voice sincere? Is it loving? Is it compassionate? I mean, ultimately, it comes down in, find, in, in, in looking at your inner voice and cultivating a skillful inner voice is really finding your own voice. Finding your own voice. Oftentimes what we see is the voice in the mind are voices of of, you know, people that we've known in our lives that may have been harsh or difficult to us. You know, we've cobbled together all these voices in the mind, uh, you know, but ultimately we want to find our own voice, what sometimes I call the voice of the heart. Finding your own voice. Finding your own voice. You know, sometimes we talk about, you know, finding your own voice if you're a singer or a writer or whatever, an artist, you know. Uh, but, you know, really it comes down to finding your voice in terms of the way that you internally fabricate. Internally fabricate. Finding your own voice. Is this my own voice or is this, is this some contrived voice or is this a voice that's not coming from the heart? The poem, The Journey by Mary Oliver, which many of you are familiar with and I've read many times over the years, a uh, very familiar voice uh, poem in the meditation world really speaks to this notion of finding your own voice. Uh, I'll put this poem as it is in the notes at the end of the class. The journey. One day you finally knew what you had to do and began, though the voices around you kept shouting their bad advice. Right? So all these voices, though the voices around you kept shouting their bad advice, though the whole house began to tremble and you felt the old tug at your ankles, ankles, mend my life, each voice cried. And really she's speaking to those inner voices, right? Mend my life, each voice cried, but you didn't stop. 
You knew what you had to do, though the wind pried with its stiff fingers at the very foundation, though their melancholy was terrible. It was already late enough in a wild night and the road full of fallen branches and stones. But little by little, as you left their voices behind, the stars began to burn through the sheets of clouds, and there was a new voice, which you slowly recognized as your own, that kept you company as you strode deeper and deeper into the world, determined to do the only thing you could do, determined to save the only life you could save. And there was a new voice, which you slowly recognized as your own, that kept you company as you strode deeper and deeper into the world. So the Buddha says, all that we are begins with our thoughts. With our thoughts, we make the world. This is how change occurs. This is how change occurs. It always begins in this teaching with your thinking. We might have all these ideas that, you know, I'm going to have some great transformation or I'm going to have some psychological transformation or something's going to happen. But change is going to occur when we learn to think in a skillful way. You know, we may think that we can't change, you know, uh, but we can. You know, we can. This is something that we can do. If we can learn to change the way we think, uh, if we can learn to find this voice, this inner voice, the voice in the heart, there's no doubt that we'll move forward toward a greater happiness in our lives.